The Fastest Known Podcast is back. Welcome. Always good to be with you all. And today we're talking with someone from Europe. That's right. Europe has been huge in FKTs. Of course, they've been huge with ultra and mountain running for ages. They've come on very strong with FKTs. And we're talking with someone who has done big FKTs on the continent of Africa and South America. She's originally from Brazil, currently living in Chamonix, France. Welcome, Fernanda Maciel. Oh, thank you so much. It's a pleasure eh, to be here sharing this this time with you all. Well, Fernanda, uh, your bio is just huge. I mean, you've been four times on the podium of UTMB World Rankings in the Ultra Trail World Tour, Skyrunning World Championship, and you've had the FKT on Aconcagua and Kilimanjaro. I'm... I'm both impressed and intimidated just talking with you. I was like, my gosh, where where do you think? Where should we start? Well, uh, I I born with a, a fighter family. With now you're a my... fighter, so you're you're a copier. Yes. <laughs> oh, okay. This is a little different. So a copier and jujitsu fighter. This is a little different, isn't it? Yeah, like my family, they are fighters, and uh, so since I was young, I was fighting. But uh, when I was teenager, I started to run, and I was I just fall in love with run. A run for me in the beginning was kind of transport. I was going to school, running, and come back running. And then uh, I had uh, like uh, a house in the middle of the forest in Brazil. So that uh, that way, I I found myself like running to the waterfalls and come back. I I really like nature. When I was a teenager, also I I knew that my mission was to be close to nature, and this is why after I became a environmental lawyer, and when I, I started running, I started running on the road. Like uh, that time, well, like twenty years ago, I was just running on the road. I didn't realize it was a uh, existing trail running that time, mountain running, but it was in New Zealand that I found the first time. Um, was my first experience running half marathon and marathon on the mountains that was in 2006 then uh, i i didn't come back to the road i just uh, was following my path uh, always running on the mountains well new zealand is a good place to make that transition isn't it new zealand will get you out in the back country Yes, New Zealand is super wild, like, uh, and the mountains super high, the trail super technical. It's kind of Patagonia, like the wind super strong. So New Zealand for me was a great base, uh, to, to, I spent uh, 10 months there just training. And uh, for me, it was a super good moment uh, to make this transition from the road to the mountain. That time I was like, I was doing also adventure racing, like I was already like a, a endurance athlete. And then from endurance uh, race, endurance race, adventure race, and uh, mood sport race. Uh, after I was focused just in running because running for me was my the best sport for me. Yes, you've done kayaking. Of course, New Zealand. They New Zealand literally invented the multi sport race. I'm not sure if people are aware of this, but the uh, the uh, Southern Traverse, where it's uh, kayaking and running and biking, and so you did all of those. Yeah, I did some competition there, uh, doing kayak uh, and uh, bike and run. So that was my base. But um, always I see that uh, uh, running was my best. 
Also, like I remember, I was a teenager and uh, my best time in half marathon was one hour and 28 minutes. And the half marathon, my first half marathon in the mountain was the same time, was one hour, 28 minutes. Then I realized, <laughs> I was like, oh my gosh, if a mountain is, is harder and uh, I have this time, so I think I have some talent to run on the mountains because, <laughs> and uh, not on the road. <laughs> oh, that, what a great story, Fernanda. So your time in the mountains was the same as your time on the flat road you said okay i can do this yeah i think like oh i think it's up <laughs> yes and i enjoyed so much more like running the mountain it's just like it's just perfect for me give me so much balance and the project the fkt that i try is just because I've been running races. I love to, I keep uh, racing in. Like I've been 10, 10 years, uh, doing, uh, doing, uh, ultra distance. I do the ultra trail world tour is the world circuit. Also, when you have the sky running world championship, uh, I really, I always, I run also in the ultra distance. So I love to be competing because that keep my performance, but it's the festival time in high mountains that challenge myself because I've been 10 years like uh, doing races and always I I really I think it is normal that I want to run longer and also higher so this is the why I I like to do I I just enjoy to to be in these high mountains it's just like uh it's just amazing just being silent usually these high mountains they are very challenged very wild like no communication I love to be without a mobile for a while <laughs> so it's super cool like uh this kind of projects that I do in high mountains I really like We'll talk about your FKTs in a minute, but just to continue with your transition from Brazil, which is very low, basic, mostly sea level, and then New Zealand, which is still fairly low, now Chamonix, so how, which obviously is one of the alpine centers of the world. So how did you end up in France? Well, because I live in um, 10, 11 years in Spain, uh, in the Pyrenees, so just in the corner to Andorra and also Spain. So I spent uh, many, many years there. And for me, it was, uh, was a lovely place to live. Um, but uh, I was missing like to be more... Like to be able, like to run higher, like for example, here in Chamonix, I have the Mont Blanc. And also I have the, the race to the Mont Blanc that each year I'm competing. So I was realized that I was spending more time in Chamonix than in my house. Uh, because here I can run the glacier. I have some friends here. I have some sponsors that they have, they have the base in Annecy. So for me, it was more logic to to come here just to perform us better in my trainings and to get more experience in high mountain great well what a place you are and are you actually in chamonix are you in les Uch or argentier are you actually in the town of chamonix uh, yes, I live uh, between Chamonix and Argentier. It's uh, in small chalet, uh, just uh, yeah, in the base of the mountain. And here, uh, I, I've been spending here ten years, always the summertime. And uh, but since last year, I moved, so now I'm in the winter and also in the summer. And it's an amazing place. I don't like to be uh, in the center center of Chamonix. Uh, it's kind of crowd for me, so I prefer to be more um, a little bit far, just to be more in my in my place. Sure, in the center of Chamonix, there's millions of people like me, and you don't you don't <laughs> want to have you don't want to run into people like me. That would be terrible. 
It's no, it's just because I'm kind of, uh, I'm not so much social person. So I prefer to be like more hiding on the mountains. <laughs> well, good call. Uh, thank you for that. Since we're on the topic here and you've done, you know, you love the mountains, you've done outstanding FKTs, which we're going to discuss, but I have to ask right now, how about Mont Blanc? Obviously a very, very difficult FKT with, you know, Killian. We've heard of Killian, and then his wife uh, Emily's been up there. So, what have you ever thought about Mont Blanc? Oh yes, but uh, Mont Blanc uh, is kind of delicate because I usually can go to Mont Blanc by Les Ouches, is a normal route, and also by Agulhas Midi, the teleferric. Uh, but uh, it's uh, to do the the fast no time. You need to cross the Bosson Glacier, so it's straight from the center of Chamonix to the summit, and that is very delicate um, route because you need to cross this glacier, and uh, is usually it's just one week in end of June that is uh, able, but some summer it's not able so depend of the year you can do that or sometime no and so now that I live here can be easier for me just to uh, just to check you know the the glacier and also I need someone faster as Killian so sometimes it's not uh, easy but uh, Mathieu Jacamon is uh, one very good friend of Killian and uh, he's a world champion in ski and also very good runner so he invited me to try that so maybe if not this year, let's see the conditions. Maybe another year I can try. Oh, excellent. That's, I think a lot of Americans are not familiar with that because Mont Blanc has serious glaciers. They're not just snow fields that are static. They're moving glaciers. Crevasses open up. They get covered with snow, which is what you want. And so you can do quick ski times, but you, they have to be firmed up enough to have good fast conditions but not opened up so you could fall in a crevasse and so what you're saying is by living right there you can strike when the conditions are correct yes and i've been talking with family also and she said that it's super scary and also the guys told me that it's super scary the glacier and as uh, is the, the the crevasse they are very open especially in the summer here that is super hot so it's very dangerous so we needed to um, to well take it easy and uh take care no like checking every detail of the glacier before you you want to try right emily did it in 2018 Killian 2013, but like you said, you have to have a partner because you want to be roped. Yes, you have to be roped, and also if it's someone that is really, really fast. So this is the why <laughs> it's not so many guys and not so many girls that they can do that, you know. So it's a, it's a special FKT. <laughs> uh, well put, very special. And with climate change, this opens up this whole other discussion because it's getting warm. Sometimes the Iger Wand, the Nord Wand, the North Face of the Iger cannot be climbed because the rock fall. The rock's normally frozen in place, and if it's too warm, they unfreeze. The rock fall is tremendous, and so it's possibly some of these glaciers might not be in good conditions for some years to come. Yeah, always here in the Alps you have this problem. Usually, like in the in the summer, well, I I experience so bad time, like falling down in some uh, avalanche, rock avalanche here. So it's kind of scary. And this year I also have another project here in the Alps, in also in Mont Blanc. 
but uh, as you said, it's uh, I, I needed to wait for the um, the condition. Let's see if it's possible or not, because uh, it's very delicate here during the summer. Wow, interesting. Well, good for you for being there, so you can get on it when the conditions are correct and stay away, as Emily recommended, when the conditions are poor. So, yeah, I think uh, an old friend once told me. Uh, here's the three rules. First is have fun. Second is be safe. And third is go fast. Now, keep keep them in the proper order, right? Yeah, for sure. Always, I, I want to come back home. <laughs> <laughs> yes, also because you do that for like, for push our, our, our limits for sure, because you want to know how, I want to know how my body and my mind can be like in high altitude. I'm really interesting about the high altitude world. Uh, but in the same time, this uh, is very strange because you never know how your body can respond for that. You know, like usually you feel very fit here on the ground and like in sea level, then you go up. It's like a concavo, then you go 7,000 meters high and it's completely different, you know? And, uh, so it's, it's good to have, uh, like slowly, I'm getting this experience. And also I know, I mean, not, I didn't born in Malaya. I born in Brazil. So I have so much respect that uh, for me is a big challenge to be in high altitude, but it's not impossible. So I think if a good training, uh, and, uh, with this experience that I had during 10 years, uh, running in ultras in mountains, and also I've been spending so much time here the Alps. I think this is a good pace, like just to, to try a little bit, but always uh, come back home. <laughs> <laughs> we like the my, we like the mountains, but we want to come back home after we've been in them. <laughs> yeah. Um, you have great experience at high altitude. Aconcagua, that's just close to 7,000 meters. Obviously, the biggest mountain in the Western Hemisphere. It's the biggest mountain outside the Himals. And you really worked at that one, I think. It was 2016, and uh, you were there for weeks, and you, you posted a couple of really good times. Yes, I, I, I tried 2015. It was very good weather. The condition was perfect, but I was super sick. Uh, I was sick before the attempt, but I tried just because it was, I had these days on the mountain and then I was not uh, good. So in 2016, I come back. So I, I was until 6,000 meters high again. So, was my second time that I was trying there and I fell, so I couldn't uh, reach more. And then um, I come back uh, to Brazil. I rest ten days in Brazil, uh, just eating, trying to recover my my like my muscles. And then after I come back, and uh, so I could do that in my third attempt. And for me, it was like, uh, it was incredible achievement because uh, when you are there, you realize that it's so far and so high. And uh, especially during the night, it's so hard because uh, during the day, you can see two rivers crossing. Uh, but during the night, uh, it's, it, uh, these rivers, they became 10 rivers. And with uh, glacial water, is uh, you cannot uh, get uh, wet feet, otherwise you're frozen then. Is so many details and also so easy to get lost, especially during the night. 
So it's like uh, it's a very special mountain, special for the uh, the high atmosphere pressure. And um, yeah, it's a special mountain with a very hard wind, a strong wind. Um, so El, I... El Viento Blanco, right? Yeah, Viento Blanco, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy wind, crazy wind. But uh, it's an amazing, uh, amazing mountain. Right, really high, really dry, really cold, really windy. Um, it's It's so different. You go up there and there's no trees there's no bushes there's no grass it's it's bare rock and snow yeah it's lots of rocky rock avalanche everywhere is this is strange but it's super cool mountain it was a big challenge for me it was my my first very big uh mountain uh before i was just doing the four thousand meters here in the alps that already give you a base but not uh like uh from four thousand to seven thousand is a big difference well, you had two attempts. So you did uh, from Plaza de Mulas, the base camp, which is up there fairly high. Uh, I think it's at 14,000 feet. I forgot that in meters. And obviously got the FKT going up and back from base camp. But then a couple weeks later, 19 days later, you did it from the highway and back. So you really worked at Aconcagua. Yes, I I tried always. My objective was from uh, the, the entrance park, but there was so much avalanche going on and uh, I was so much mud, slides, very strange uh, terrain that I could uh, run from the, the entrance park. So first I did the, the festival time by the base camp because it was more safe. And then after when the condition was better, so I did from the... The, all the highway to the top and come back. Wow. That's, you worked at it. How, so how long, well, this was your third time you were there the previous year, but how many weeks were you on the mountain in uh, February of 2016? So I went, first I went to Vallecitos, is a valley uh, just behind Aconcagua. This valley is uh, it's outside of the Aconcagua Park. So I spent three or four days there. Uh, four days, but three days uh, training. Uh, so training the mountain that they call uh, El Plata is six meters, six thousand meters high. So that was my training before. So I went there alone and I was training, like just to check in my body how was that. And I was kind of fit. Then I come back and I get inside the park. So I did the summit. Uh, just to, to check all the route, uh, in five days. Also for the, the camera and the photographer to acclimatize. Uh, but they couldn't, but well, I tried. So I did in five days very slowly, just like to check. And then I came down and I did the festival time by the base camp with very hot condition, very snowstorm. So my time wasn't so good, but it was the festival time. Then after I just left uh, the, the, the mountain. For me, it was uh, too much. I spent there like maybe 10 days and I was completely tired, mental. And also my body, I lost, I lost my, my muscles and I really need to, to go out of the park because the conditions was very bad. And then I left the park for 10 days. Uh, for sure, I lose uh, climatization and I lose some performance. But then I was like, just my motivation was growing and then. I remember that my family, they were like against 
that I, I guess myself like to come back to Aconcagua and also my sponsors, they say like, don't come back because this is very strange conditions, uh, is very dangerous. But I was feeling fit. I was feeling like that was my opportunity. I was training during one year, like feeling good, you know, training for the races and uh, also for this mountain. And then I come back and I remember when I come back to Mendoza for the big city, I just, I got, uh, a taxi. I went there. So I did uh, one run until 6,000. I came down and the next day I slept and I rest for one day and then I did the, the fast in all time. So then I became the first woman in the world able to do that. And I was uh, very happy because I had so much friends like Nuria Dominguez. She was a world champion in half marathon and she tried, she couldn't. Uh, Lisa Alberto Hernando, that is a three times old champion. She tried, she, he couldn't. Then Emily Forsberg in 2015, she, she also, she tried there. She stopped it. She couldn't. So like, I know so many runners that, um, like, uh, many, like runners that, uh, the people they know them, they tried and also like some, uh, some, uh, guides, lots of American guides, women that they, they also, they run ultra. Uh, they tried each year, like uh, as many people, they try like, uh, to, to run to the, to the something back, but it's very hard. And so for me also was impossible, but, um, yeah, I think it was so much persistence. I, I was so much focus and, uh, believe so much in myself at the end that, uh, yeah, everything works well. Wow. Yeah, I I never tried. You mentioned <laughs> you mentioned the other people who've tried, and I didn't try going from the highway. When Peter Beckwin and I went up there, we started at Plaza de Mulas and went to the summit and back in one day. We felt good about that, but starting from the highway, ooh, wow! Like you said, you have to do the whole Orcones Valley at night, those stream crossings, and so by the time you get to base camp at fourteen thousand feet, you're tired. And then you got to go up to uh, you know, 23,000 feet. So highway and back is very rare. Yes. <laughs> wow, it's crazy. It's a very long way. <laughs> <laughs> and very tough way. Oh, my gosh. It's, uh, it's crazy. Yeah, and uh, also like so much avalanche. So I was super scared all time crossing avalanche. And uh, yeah, I think I was today. If you If you ask me if I can come back there and to do a better time, I say no. I don't want to come back there anymore. I was like, it was enough for me and I was so scared. And so it was amazing experience, but, uh, and also tough experience. I don't want to come back. <laughs> right. 22 hours, 52 minutes. You had the FKT. You were the first woman ever to do it. It's in the bag. Done. Good job. Thanks. Now, after that, uh, you went to Kilimanjaro which is a big mountain, one of the seven summits, obviously, and tallest mountain in Africa, but actually a lot lower, a little bit easier. So Kili must have been a, quite a bit different than Aconcagua. Yeah, Kilimanjaro I did uh, in September. So it was the uh, first week of October. Uh, it's the kind of summertime there. And for me, it was perfect. Uh, I, I did Utatri du Mont Blanc because all, always my focus is the races and after the project. So I did Utatri du Mont Blanc and I, I couldn't complete. I broke my hand and I froze my eyes when I was training in, in Matejon. So I bet I, I, I didn't, uh, had a good race, but that was good because, because I didn't, uh, race and I wasn't so tired. 
So I thought like, so I think now is the perfect time because I'm feeling fit. My body is okay. Right now I recovered a little bit my hand and also my eyes so I can go to, to Kilimanjaro. So it's, uh, for me, it was fine because it's not so cold. Uh, so it's kind of tropical, uh, weather in the base. So I start off, uh, Umbu Gate is, uh, 1,700 meters high. And then from there, uh, to the summit. So it took to me seven hours to the summit. And so I was the second woman, uh, able to do that running. So Anne-Marie was the first woman. And also, uh, I was following the path of Kilian and, uh, Carl and Anne-Marie. So I did the same route that they have done before and, uh, was super cool. I could beat Anne-Marie in two hours or three hours. And I don't remember. Uh, but it was just amazing experience. I felt so good. Because it's not so high of uh, as Aconcagua. And I think uh, the experience in Aconcagua gave me so much more confidence. And also my body was more adapting high altitude. And uh, I just felt great. And I didn't uh, train at all. So I went there three days uh, inside the park. I didn't uh, do the summit before. So I just I was training there for three days. And then I came down. I was feeling super strong, super good. And then I did the push to the summit and, uh, and, uh, back to the gate and uh, was, was great. So it was, um, very fast time. It's, uh, 10 hours, uh, six minutes, uh, the total. That was very fast. Right. Uh, so you're good up, you're good coming down and people, listeners can go on the website and see what you're referring to, which Carl Egloff was on our podcast a couple of months ago. He noted, that in Kilimanjaro is traditional to go up one route and come down a different route, and that's that's the standard FKT route. Yeah, this is the the FKT route. Yeah, the uh, the well groomed Marango route, Coca Cola route. Eh, that's not how it, people do it for FKTs, but it's all on the website if people want to go there and look. Well, did you did you like being in Africa? Africa is a little different. How how did that part? Anything you'd like to say about that? Oh, I love Africa. Oh my okay. God. I, I remember I was just training after the FKT. I went out of the parking and close to the hotel that I was in Tanzania. I just uh, went for a run and uh, I was running with the elephants. And for me it was, I'm from Brazil. So in Brazil, we have so many animals that is like kind of normal, but uh, running with elephants, huge elephants for me was the first time. And uh, I just fall in love. It was, it's a super wild place, super poor place uh, i also like as you i do the white flow project so in, in africa i was helping the the Kilima, the kilimanjaro orphanage center so i had also the opportunity to spend two days in this uh orphanate helping the kids there so it was like so much good experience in africa because they are so poor so unique and uh yeah you they miss so much love and uh is uh, it's just like a amazing experience, like uh, Africa, how they, well, the values that they have, you know, like a little food, a little portion of food for them is, uh, oh, is everything. And right. then uh, when you come back home and you have like your good meals at uh, good meals at home, you you realize how rich we are. Right. Good point. So white flow, and by the way, listeners should go to the show notes where they could find a link to your website, which is a really good website, or you could just Google fernandamaciel.com 
Your website is excellent. You have a whole section on white flow. So this is where you go some interesting places, like you mentioned, Kilimanjaro just right now, and try to donate, try to participate in local projects. Is that correct? Yes. So what flow is a, pro is a project, personal project that uh, I create, uh, that always there is a big running challenge, but also uh, another challenge that is I, I want uh, to know more about the community that I uh, uh, of the place that I'm doing my project. So in, in the case of Kilimanjaro, I, I was helping this orphanage center. So in the case of Aconcagua, I was talking with the council in the, in the city, how to can do better about the recycling waste. Uh, rubbish inside the park of Concagua. So my first project was, uh, White Flow coming in Santiago is the, that is the famous, uh, pilgrim, uh, way that crossed from France all the north of Spain. And then that I did uh, to help the children with cancer. I was running 900 kilometers. So each project I do, I also, I try to, ha to help some community close, uh, to the, the place that I'm doing the project. And then that is a, is a beautiful feeling because I can share with them my passion about running, about the sport. Also, I can donate them like food, uh, products and money and my followers can, uh, can know them better. Can, they can also help them. And this is like this exchange, this uh, connection is, uh, is super grateful, is super beautiful. And that, uh, I feel very, very good with that because uh, running is a individual sport. So sometimes I feel like empty because when I'm racing, it's just for myself, you know, when I'm running, I feel happy and I feel sad, but uh, it's just for me. So creating this project, I could uh, share with them um, the feelings that I have and, uh, and also the compassion because I always I want to help more. Oh. Terrific, Fernanda. I think that's become part of our sport now, hasn't it? Obviously, people want to go fast. They get a name if they have a good number, right? They get their name on Twitter and Instagram and on the podium. But for the people who really like and appreciate mountains, they appreciate your attitude, which is more holistic. It's, it's about the whole mountain experience, which can include giving back, environmentalism, and having a spiritual feeling yeah i born in brazil so so like my 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 country you can see the the poor people very close to you so i really learned with my dad and my mom since i was kid and teenagers just to help them so when like now living in europe for 12 years i just i was missing because here you cannot see poor people close to you so for me it's uh, it's very important to like to keep it this um yeah, this value, this compassion is, uh, I feel more comfortable if I can give and I receive also, do you know? Right. Excellent. I, I personally very much appreciate that. Now to start to wrap this up, obviously there's this global pandemic going on right now. We're having this conversation on May 18th. Now France, where you're living, has been shut down for two months. I don't think you were allowed to go more than one kilometer from your house on a run. Um, is it started to open up again or what's the status now? 
wow, just open. So I'm living a dream right now. <laughs> <laughs> Finally, oh my God, it's so good to feel the mountain again, to feel cold, to feel uh, the warm weather, to feel, to feel like the sun shining my skin. It's crazy. And I, I, I like uh, these sensations that uh, for me was curious that uh, right now I can go out and run the mountain and touch the rock and uh, like get the, the snow is just like unbelievable. Oh my God. I, I had luck because when I knew we were 56 days uh, in quarantine here. So when I knew that uh, was like suddenly, do you know, like the, the, the French uh, president, he said like, okay, from uh, three days, you have the lockdown. So I bought the bike trainer and uh, after uh, one month, so because before I thought it was just 15 days, but then after I realized it was more, and then I, I found a treadmill also for me to, to run inside. But it's, it's so different. It's so tough also because the treadmill, I have one wall in front of my, my face and another wall and another wall and my, uh, one box that I, I, I leave my clothes behind me. So it's, it's, it's strange, you know, like when you, you run just to, to in front of you, there is a big wall and uh, you cannot see nothing and there uh, is no wind and nothing. And then right now I just, uh, I'm just uh, falling in love again with the trees and the sensations of cold. It's just, uh, it's just uh, what I love, no? And I think I wish the best for, for the people that uh, they are coming back, like being in, enjoying this freedom again it's a uh, it's super super good uh, sensation wow that's an incredible irony isn't it so you there you are in the Leaf valley just up from chamonix one of the famous mountain places in the world and you were running on a treadmill looking out the window at mount blanc that was that was <laughs> dedicated of you fernanda no, I didn't. I didn't have the chance to look for the Mont Blanc from my treadmill. But yeah, like before, I I hate treadmill. You know, I hate like usually I do I do one training in the treadmill per year. I don't like, and right now I just love. For me, it was the best toy ever that they create. I just I love <laughs> treadmill. It's 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 cool how you adapted so fast with the situations. Uh, but I love the quarantine. I was. Uh, enjoying so much the time because I was focused, uh, in my meditation, in my yoga. And, uh, usually, uh, I'm a very, I, I don't have time for that. And I'm always traveling. I'm always outside of home. And now being at home, I, I was just like uh, feeling more myself, you know, like looking inside and uh, having this mental stretching. Uh, for me, it was uh, very important. I, what? I think I, be I became much a better person after that. What a great attitude. And hopefully, Many people will get attitude adjustments and social and economic, and I don't think the world will be the same again after this pandemic, hopefully for the better, but what a great prognosis there. You did more yoga, more meditation, spent more time by yourself, and now after 56 days, whee, you're back out there. I guess in the overall scheme of things, 56 days isn't that long. Uh, yes. <laughs> well, let's see. I, I missing the race feelings, you know, like to compete. So I don't know yet if I have Autotre du Mont Blanc happening this year. That is a, a, a big goal that I have. I have a big project in Kyrgyzstan 
uh, F, uh, FKT also in Lenin Peak. Let's see if I can do that. So I have some future plannings that is still like a, a question in my mind, you know, but uh, I don't care. I just, I keep training right now and I keep it focused uh, just to be in shape and I try my best, uh, just live in the present. I think it's now uh, I've been learning a lot about time, you know, and time for me right now is uh, just to be in the present training and let's see what the future you be. Wow. Ama again, amazing attitude. You're making me feel kind of lowly again, Fernanda. I'm I was intimidated interviewing you. I'm looking at your website going, oh my gosh, she's amazing. She's so fast. And now I'm getting that same feeling again. 56 days, I would have had a bad attitude. So congratulations on your good attitude. Well, <laughs> I don't know. I think it's uh, it's kind of ultra, you know, like you spend so much time alone uh, by yourself and uh, you have your own company is fine. And always uh, everything that you plan always go wrong <laughs> during <laughs> a competition, <laughs> never goes right. The food is wrong. Like everything is the, the bad nutrition, like bad feelings with your legs is never everything 100%. I think it's uh, normal when you are athlete and uh, you have been uh, um, seeing so many bad times in your career, so uh, so many good times in your career and also in your life, no? And I live alone here in the country. So I have my boyfriend that I'm super lucky because I think it's cool if in the quarantine you have someone to hug, the hug, the touch in the skin, is, I think is super important just to keep you like more uh, fine. Uh, so I had the luck to have my boyfriend here, and uh, I think is uh, everything is fine. You know, it's just uh, how you 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 see that. I think this kind of difficulty is just opportunity to learn. Great, because like you said, in a race or a project, things are going to go wrong anyway. <laughs> so you might as always. well. <laughs> always. <laughs> always go wrong. Always. Never go right. <laughs> it's just, yeah, yeah. Like the good champions, like it's the, the, the good champions that uh, they see what's going wrong and then they make the good decisions in like in just three seconds, you know? <laughs> and uh, it's always like that. Uh, you can uh, you can ask if your one runner had like a hundred percent of flowing the best sensation ever in the world. So, sometimes they say yes, but uh, this is not true. And I'm sure in one minute or two, he was like suffering a lot and again, having some burning legs. So I think it's normal. It's just uh, you needed to... Um, to administrate and see how you can see a good uh, a good point uh, from that. <laughs> so, are you entered in UTMB this year? Yes, I'm. Uh, yeah, next next week they you say to us if the the race uh, they will change the date or if they they cancel. So let's see what's going on. And from that, after I can uh, I can check the dates for my projects. Right. Have to find that out first. Today, again, is May 18th. This podcast will go live this Friday. But before that, I think, I think on May 20th, they're going to announce whether UTMB is on or not. On or not. So do you have any predictions? What do you think they're going to say about this? I think they will cancel because it's usually the 70 different nationality of runners that they compete they compete here and uh is uh, 10,000 runners 
So it's uh, it's a very delicate moment. I think it's uh, not fast that uh, like I can train here and someone in US cannot train right now. Uh, so I think it's very and cannot fly to Chamonix. So I think it's uh, the best option for them is to cancel and uh, start everything uh, uh, right in next year. But let's see what they say. Right. I, that would be my guess as well. Because like you say, uh, a race of 100 people, a few hundred, okay. But UTMB is not just one. It's five different races. It's like a festival, 10,000 people. That I don't think is going to happen this year. My guess only. But what you just said is really the crux of it. People can't train. And it'd be a little unfair, wouldn't it? So if you're coming from a country like Sweden, which basically didn't close down much, your training has been going very well. Well, if you're Spain, France, or Italy, you haven't been able to train. So that would be kind of an awkward equation. Yeah, this is uh, this is the why. And then I will be focused if it is not happening. I also, I've been doing some FKT, uh, running traverse and also climbing. So, uh, usually, uh, so I did, um, last year in Rio de Janeiro. So I, I ran a very famous traverse in Rio de Janeiro, um, from one city to the other city by the mountains. And then after I climbed a big wall. And so I have the same project this year in Spain, in Picos de Europa, in a very classic climb place there. So I think this is a new thing that for me, I motivate myself a lot. And, uh, and it's cool. Like the people usually they like and also myself because they're running. It's, uh, you run fast, fast, fast is a kind of sport that you need just to push and suddenly you stop, uh, because you try your fast no time in that traverse and then you stop and then you put your climb shoes and you start to climb and it's crazy because you are so tired. Your legs are so tired and you really need to be calm. And uh, climb is a technical sport and uh, it's dangerous. You cannot fall. I love this mix of sensation of the sports. And uh, I think if I can do this this year again, uh, I think uh, I'm super motivated for this project. And let's see if it's possible. I hope so. Uh, that uh, after I'd like to share with you, uh, it'll be a cool project. Well, we hope to hear from you. I think we will hear from you. Uh, if these okay. races are canceled, Peak Lenin, Kyrgyzstan, and Pico Europa, which I think, yeah, up in the Pyrenees again. So, wow. Yeah. Wow. You have some great projects coming up here. I think we're going to be hearing from you again, aren't we? Yeah, I hope so, because it's a, uh, it's a big project. And also, I'd like uh, from uh, Peak Lenin, if you don't know, like the people, they don't know, there is uh, is uh, 7,100 meters high. And uh, this is in Kyrgyzstan, also like a very wide country. Uh, let's see how how is this mountain. And I think it's uh, another uh, step you know, to, to high altitude, uh, to high mountain. And for me, it will be a great experience. Right. Very good. Well, it's the year of the FKT, isn't it? Uh, yeah, there is a FKT, a female FKT there. It's uh, seven hours and 30 minutes up and down. Okay. All right. Seven hours, 30? Oh, no, 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 no. Just up. Like yes, she up. did in seven, seven hours, 30 minutes. Is a Russia girl, a runner. And uh, yeah, it's a very good time. Let's see if I, I can be able to beat her. 
Oh, and the Russians, very tough, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I know. Every, but, don't, uh, yeah, don't, don't get in a toughness contest with any Russian. Yeah, <laughs> but I love that. I, I, I think this motivates me a lot. Every day I wake up here and I'm training. Tomorrow I'm doing like a thousand. After tomorrow I'm doing more than a thousand meters high. So every day here I'm just thinking about in Disneyville, some meters going up, just a feeling that uh, if I go to Lenny Peak, I really need to be fast in Napi Hills. Excellent. It's cool. Well, if people uh, <laughs> remind everyone, if you're enjoying this podcast, please subscribe, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher. And if you feel like it, give us five stars. That enables other people to see and find the podcast. And if anyone feels like donating, there are no ads. There are no sponsors on this podcast. So it's only you that keeps us renting server space. Well, Fernanda, I think we're going to hear from you here a few months from now. And I look forward to that. Yes, I hope so. I'd like to to share my experience because, uh, well, I love the mountains and uh, I think um, it's uh, super cool when you have this this spirit, this wild spirit, and uh, you can share like uh, uh, this uh, also this. Uh, Bonders, no, that uh, usually I run ultras, but uh, I think if you run longer and higher, I think it's you learn uh, so much. So after you can, uh, if if you can share that, it's it's awesome. Muchas gracias, merci, and thank you very much, Fernanda. Oh, thank you. I hope like everybody that is listening here, just uh, try to explore more and uh, keep safe. And uh, yes, uh, using the mask, washing the hands. And uh, it's a strange time, but uh, I think it's a beautiful time for, uh, for everybody right now. 